Hey, it's your girl Preach Becca. And it's Dr. G. And welcome to the Billionaire Besties Podcast. Hey guys, today on Billionaire Besties, we have a special episode talking about mental health. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, please make sure that you reach out to a mental health professional or any emergency lines uh, that are available to you. And we do have these tools um, available for you, as Dr. G has said. You can check out Mental Health of America, that's mhanational.org. Or if you are having suicidal thoughts, you can always dial the suicide hotline at 1-800-237-8255. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billionaire Besties podcast. It's your girl, Preach Becca. I got Dr. G with me, um, one half of the Billionaire Besties. And we are doing a very special episode today. Um, As you all know, I have been an advocate for mental health uh, for the past two years. I've been pretty transparent with my journey uh, with depression and anxiety and certain things like that. And so um, in the midst of talking about friendship and relationships, um, Dr. G and I felt it was very important to talk about mental health among friendships um, to address just the struggles, the 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 journey that comes along with the person struggling with mental health and then the friends that are supporting the person that's struggling with mental health. And so today we have a very special guest. You guys have more than likely seen me share his stuff all on my Instagram every Monday for Mental Health Monday. Um, But to be official, I'm gonna read his bio because he is legit. We didn't just sign somebody off the street and tell him to come talk about it. He is a legit mental health professional. Um, So this is Thomas Sargent. He is a board-certified psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. He has training and experience treating patients with psychiatric disorders across the lifespan and across practice settings from hospitals to outpatient clinics. His education includes a Master of Science in Nursing, Psychiatric Nurse Practitioner Specialization from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Thomas currently works in Dallas, Texas at one of the largest public hospital systems in the country where he's able to help increase access to mental health care to underserved populations, including veterans and people of disadvantaged economic, racial, and social backgrounds. In his free time, Thomas enjoys running, playing tennis, and date night with his beautiful, amazing wife, Darylin. And he is a strong advocate for mental health awareness and changing the narrative for Black men in America. Everybody welcome Thomas Harden to the show. Yay! Absolutely. So as I mentioned, um, you do. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So as I mentioned in the intro, he does the Mental Health Mondays. And so he'll post a lot of awareness, Um, just some tips, some things to look for concerning mental health. So I'm going to kind of let you share a little bit about your passion, then we'll jump into the dialogue. So how did you even get into the specialization of mental health? So I've been toying with, you know, psychology um, for a long time. Uh, When I was an undergrad, my minor was in psychology. 
And I first thought I wanted to be a psychologist, um, but then, you know, I, you know, became drawn to the medical side of things and wanting to get into the ER. And that's where I started my nursing journey was in the emergency department. And when you're in the emergency department, you see a lot of people at their lowest. Um, so not only am I taking care of them, you know, medically, but I'm also finding myself, you know, encouraging them and letting them know that they're going to be okay and they're going to make it through through this and they've made it through so much, um, so many other things. Um, so I became, began to kind of uh, go back to my psychology roots and um, I got a master's in uh, nursing um, and specialized in psychiatric uh, mental health nurse practitioner. Um, and so here I am. I uh, couldn't really get away from it. And people often joke, well, you have a calming voice. And I found that that is, you know, half the battle, you know, being, you know, a sense of peace, a, a sense of calm for your patients and for the people around you in general um, is really helpful for someone's mental health. Absolutely. Trish, you want to jump in or? I'm just taking it all in. I'm a student today. So, yeah. Great, great. Okay, so, you know, something that's kind of like an elephant in our community is mental health, right? Going to therapy, um, being on medications and different things like that. So how have you found it, um, I don't want to say difficult, but what avenues have you tried to be creative with, I guess, concerning like addressing specifically the Black community concerning mental health and be starting the dialogue um, normalizing mental health and, and things like that. And, you know, that's, that's a good question because that's the reason I started Mental Health Mondays is to normalize talking about your, you know, mental well-being. Um, people often kind of neglect their mental health. They speak often about their medical issues and, oh, you know, you see them posting about themselves in the hospital because they, you know, hit their big toe. But, you don't hear people talking about their mental struggles, their, you know, um, their emotional struggles. And so that's one thing I wanted to get out of Mental Health Mondays was, you know, showing people that it's okay to uh, talk about your mental health struggles or um, even bring it up in conversation. Um, so how are you doing is something we often ask our peers, our friends, our family members when we are on the phone or we meet them in public, but are we actually talking about how we're doing or how we feel? Um, so normalizing, you know, mental well-being, um, talking about mental health disorders because they are there and they are present in our community, uh, whether we like it or not. I think is, you know, the best way to show people it's okay to get help, it's okay to seek help, it's okay to take medicine if you need it. If you don't need the medicine, great. Um, but there's therapy, there's, you know, support groups, there are places and things um, out there that you shouldn't be afraid to uh, take advantage of. Um, so that's one way that I've tried to kind of dispel the stigma associated with mental health um, and just try to bring awareness to uh, there are a lot of our friends and family members that have struggled with mental health issues for all of our lives and most likely all of their lives um, and we kind of 
brush it off as that, oh, that's just how they are. They go through this. But should they be going through that? And right. would they be going through that if they had, you know, help? Mm-hmm. So. I'm thinking back to, you know, just when, because I've, I've experienced depression several different times during my life. Um, the most recent one, like I said, 2018, 2019, was probably the most intense I've ever um, experienced it. At the time, though, it, it was, to me, it was not only the barrier of being Black and not having community to talk about it, but then being Christian and not having community to talk about it as well. Um, it seems to be that <laughs> having those double whammies, um, for lack of a better term, can make it even harder to talk about, like, no, this is not something I'm just going to dance at church around and it's going to be over. Um, and sometimes it's not, it, it may not be resolved through prayer, you know, not saying that God doesn't answer prayers, um, but just like other things that we deal with in life, there's a process to, you know, your healing. And so I know that, you know, you guys are believers as well. So from like, do you think that it's a harder uh, wall to break down for Christians than Blacks, or is it just like kind of equal from that standpoint? Oh, you did you want me to answer that, Doctor G? Yeah, you didn't or, want to answer that one? yeah. Either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you you go for it. I mean, I okay. I know from from my standpoint, um, I I think we do tend to, especially in the church, um, put it off as a thing that you know, oh, you just need deliverance. Um, mm-hmm. instead of realizing that it's okay to have Jesus and therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's one of those things that, you know, that do, that does get brushed off, um, and, you know, swept away. And it's like, oh, if you, if you can't get it resolved just by prayer, then maybe your faith isn't great enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's problematic because it's like some stuff you need more help with. Um, there, you know, if we look at the Bible, there's a scripture where the guy is like, you know, Jesus, I need you to do, you know, do this miracle. And Jesus, like, if you believe and he's like, listen, I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. So there's still, you know, um, a level of, we still need some more help. Like, that's the point, (laughs) like, you know, Mm -hmm. and we can't just, you know, brush it on the rug. And I know when you were, um, talking about the fact that people don't talk about things um I dealt with anxiety in 2018 um for the first time really heavy like I've never like been diagnosable like you get anxious every now and then um and it wasn't until I was diagnosed that I realized there were several generations of women in my family that dealt with it and I had no idea and so it was like as Becca was saying as a Christian is swept under the rug and then in my family nobody talked about it so i was unprepared for how to deal with it right right i think you know definitely in the black community there's a stigma but that's compounded when you go into the black church um you know you touched on it you could pray it away you know you just need more faith you know those are the types of things that historically we've heard uh when we come to you know our spiritual leaders about things that we're going through and i'm thankful that you know churches are going away from that and kind of you know um embracing mental health as a thing that their members need they're 
your members, your congregation not only needs physical and medical help, but um, unfortunately they may also need mental and uh, psychiatric uh, assistance as well. I did a post, um, you know, about a week ago about the black church's role in mental health. And basically what it is, is, you know, speaking about mental health um, and encouraging people who are struggling with that to not only seek God, but seek therapy. You know, this thought that and you said it earlier, this thought that we have to choose between God and therapy is, you know, crazy to me, for lack of a better word. Uh, but it, it just doesn't make sense to me that, you know, for so long we've been, you know, taught and encouraged to either seek God or seek therapy, because if you seek therapy, then you may you must not have um, enough faith in God. Um, and I, I am the firm believer in God, and I believe that he's put people on earth um, like me and like my colleagues who can help you through tough situations and bring in those spiritual components that we often need. You know, um, in the psychiatric field, in the mental health field, we often point out that spiritual support is so, so important in somebody's recovery and somebody's, um, you know, way out of that dark place. And so we often encourage, you know, leaning onto some type of spiritual um, and religious foundation. Um, and that's why, you know, we have programs, you know, and I'm jumping, you know, to a different subject, but AA is all about, you know, you know, figuring out that, you know, sometimes we don't have all the power, you know, within ourselves to get through this. So it's much um, about a higher being, you know, God for me, if I was to go, um, but they focus on uh, a spiritual aspect to recovery as well. I love that. Um, and that's interesting, you said AA as a child, of an alcoholic, I used to go to those meetings all the time. And, you know, one of the things that stayed with me and helped me through my recovery was um, one day at a time. And, you know, through, you know, there, you would have people that would come and be like, I've been sober 30 days, or I've been sober six years or whatever. And then the celebration that would erupt for the person that made it one day of just being sober, like that's what really encouraged me of like, okay, if I can make it one day, like let me celebrate my one day. Um, and I know that there are other people who struggle that are just like, yes, Becca, like just make it through, you know, that one day. And so we're gonna kind of segue into um, just some signs to look for. Now, listeners, this is not Thomas, you know, diagnosing any of you. Um, <laughs> if you may have some of these symptoms, we encourage you to go seek your own personal medical professional um, because one of the one of the myths is that if you're sad for say a week or so then you're depressed and that may not necessarily be the case um, there are medical um, uh, there's an actual medical uh, diagnosis uh, that your health professional will do to actually diagnose you as depressed or you know bipolar and things like that um, but Thomas can you just share a little bit about um, specifically like with depression um, the difference between like, you know, bipolar, just having a hard day or, or things like that. Just share like some different tips um, or signs to look for concerning mental health. Right. So I think we, you know, oftentimes kind of pathologize certain symptoms. Like we, 
oh, she's sad, so she must be depressed. We all, oh, she's anxious, she must be, must have an anxiety disorder. But, um, you know, there's a timeline that we look at when we diagnose someone. Um, and we all have these symptoms at one time or another in our lives. But it's when it's consistent uh, for weeks at a time, uh, for depression is two weeks that we consider that a depressive episode. But in order for you to be considered, you know, clinically depressed, um, these symptoms must be interfering with your daily living. You're not going to work. You're not going to school. You're not getting out of bed. Um, you're having thoughts of suicide on a daily, and this is happening on a daily basis. And so um, I think knowing that a day or two, uh, while I'm not minimizing, but a day or two of you feeling down and out wouldn't technically mean that you're clinically depressed. Um, but when, when you notice a loved one or a friend, you know, that way for weeks on end, then I think that's uh, a good time to step in and, um, you know, ask how they're feeling. Um, you know, some, some things that I, I call are warning signs um, is when a normally social person and, you know, they're often out and about and calling you or texting you or writing you on your, you know, Instagram, when they, you know, kind of disappear, that's really concerning for me because uh, people who, you know, are kind of social butterflies, that's where most of the time they get their energy. They get a recharge from being around people. And that's why COVID has been so difficult for a lot of, a lot of people is because they get, you know, recharged and, you know, rejuvenated by being around people and socializing. Um, another thing that I, you know, worry about is when someone is, uh, exhibiting symptoms of low self-esteem. Every time you talk to them, they're talking about things that aren't going right with themselves and how they don't feel good enough. Um, that, that leads to a sense of hopelessness or helplessness, which are really key symptoms that someone needs uh, intervention. Um, and also, you know, not sleeping well and not eating well are often things we look at, especially for depression. Um, again, you know, someone saying things like, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, I don't feel like I'm good enough to be around y'all. I feel like a burden. Um, I just wish I would, you know, just go to sleep and not wake up. Those are very concerning things and they definitely need to be addressed immediately. Um, and so there's, um, emergency hotlines, there's 911, um, and your local emergency departments are always uh, able and, you know, um, they're ready to take care of those types of crises. Um, did I answer that question or am I just talking? <laughs> no, you're doing what good. Else? <laughs> what else did you want? <laughs> No, that's good because again, like I was saying, I think that people are like, oh, you know, they're like, for example, like with death, right? And so with death, it's normal for you to be sad or, you know, to have these different emotions, right? right. Um, so there's like an, there's an effect to why you may be sad. Mm -hmm. 
And I want people to realize like it, and this is what I'm learning is feelings are good. Like God gave us feelings for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, to not self-diagnose yourself as, Oh, I'm depressed because, you know, my friends just moved away, but that's not really what's going on. You know, just dismissing the, the issue that's really going on. Um, but I love that you said like unexplained, like unexplained mm-hmm. feelings. Like, why are you feeling this way? Like normally you're, Miss social butterfly and then now all of a sudden no one has heard from you you know for days at a time and so um i just really wanted to point out some of those point out some of those signs to look for um now when it when it comes to friendship and in relationship with people because you know that's the that's what we do here on billionaire besties we're talking about relating with one another um so when it comes to um being friends with someone who may be struggling, or if you're the person that's struggling, I, I realize it's easy to struggle when no one knows what's going on. If I'm over here in my little turtle shell and I'm still presenting to the world that I'm okay, it's going to be hard unless people are just like, mm, something's not right. Um, but I think I feel like I'm asking two things at the same time. So let me slow down. <laughs> um, so when it comes to the person that's actually dealing with it, mm-hmm. Um, it can be very hard to say, hey, I'm struggling today or I'm feeling like this today. I know I have an amazing circle, but they also go into emergency rescue ranger mode where it's just like we got to rescue Becca. And sometimes it may not necessarily be that bad, but, you know, because it has been that bad, they're very sensitive to, you know, certain language that I use. And so for people that are struggling, what are some practical tips that they can do to um, help their friends help them in the midst of their mental health struggles? I say, you know, honesty is the best policy. You know, um, I think when, because often we do say, hey, how have you been doing? And we often give that automatic answer. Oh, I'm good. Everything's cool. I'm chilling, you know, and if you really do kind of want help in this journey and in this struggle, I should say, um, then just being honest with them in, in those moments um, and not, not, you know, being afraid to let people know that you are dealing with something that you need help with. Um, so honesty and letting them know how you're feeling when they ask, whether they are asking in that way or not, you know, I would take that, uh, opportunity to explain how you've been feeling and how you're doing and what you need help with. And if you do know the things you need, hey, I need you to um, go to me, go with me to this appointment. I already set it up, but I, I just know the day of the appointment, I'm not going to go. And so if you know for a fact that you need somebody to walk with you and hold your hand to that appointment or even go in that appointment with with you then um let them do that for you because i know a lot of us have friends and family that would love to uh be there and help us heal through whatever we're going through and you know people people think that mental health professionals oh it, it just has to be you in there i've done family sessions and just kind of helping each family member figure out what What's your role in helping this person, helping your loved one, helping your son recover and get through this? And so that's, we love to see family. We love to see friends because it lets us know that you do have a support system. So 
you know, including people to go on this journey with you, especially when they're willing uh, to, is something that can definitely be uh, instrumental in your well-being. Uh, so honesty, letting people go go along this journey with you, especially if they're you know capable, um, and just honesty with yourself, being honest with yourself about what you are ready for and what you aren't ready for, um, as far as you know, doing the work, because once treatment comes, you know, there's some, certain things that the mental health professional is going to be able to do for you, but there are certain things that um, you're going to have to do for yourself, um, homework. And so if you need help with that homework or making sure that you're, you know, doing that in between sessions, then that's something that um, you need to be aware of. Um, but honestly, without honesty and without being forthcoming about what you're dealing with, it's really, really difficult a lot of times uh, for your friends and family to help you, um, especially if they aren't noticing any signs and symptoms. I know a lot of people say, I didn't, I didn't notice anything. And that, that could be true. Um, but that's why, you know, talking about mental health you know, even in, you know, casual conversations, the mental health should be a part of, you know, what do they call it when it's just kind of like um, casual conversations? What do they call it? Oh, like water cooler conversations? Yeah, that, that yeah. should be a part of your <laughs> water cooler conversation. It should be a part of a lot of conversations we have um, because we're seeing more and more that that's a needed thing for a lot of people and they're afraid to bring it up. A lot of times so normalizing that conversation is what we need i appreciate the the fact that you brought out like family and everybody joining in mm -hmm. um because i think like you said that's something that we don't really think about is the fact that you know they can come to a session and figure out how to best support you as well and be a part of that journey um, I think a lot of times when we think about being there for somebody during the journey means like picking them up when they fall down and not mm -hmm. necessarily walking through the steps with them um, and seeing their progress and finding out what you can do um, just on a regular basis and not just being like the superhero with your cape when they, you know, can't get themselves up. So I think that's really important. I really appreciate that because I a lot of times people don't think about that. They're like, oh, I'm there to pick you up when you fall. But it's mm -hmm. like, no, you can actually be a part of the whole process. So you can pay attention to the warning signs. So you know what to do when they have this situation. And you're not just out here flailing like, I don't know what to do to help you. <laughs> you know, because we have that issue too sometimes where it's like, they're going down. What do I do? How do I save them? And it's like, if, if you are prepared, along with them then I think like you said that that's a great help so I'm so glad you said that that's that's huge that I think most of us don't even consider so Therese to kind of make this personal <laughs> and I'm glad that he said as well <laughs> uh, my trees along with you know my circle they're very good as like at, at asking me what do I need and how can I help so Trees from a friend standpoint, how does it feel, I guess, watching me spiral? And then what tools do you think have worked 
Um, so let me just say that um, I've had a few friends over the years that have dealt with um, anxiety and depression, particularly depression. And so for me, it can get kind of scary um, because I've had friends from everything to I'm a little sad to I'm just letting you know this will be the last time you talk to me um, mm -hmm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so and I realized that the fact that they're telling me is a cry for help, because if they wanted to do it, they would just do it. Um, but it can be kind of scary when you have people, especially someone that's really close to you and you're like, oh, no, I see that you are spiraling downward. Like, mm -hmm. and it's like, I, you know, it's almost like I said, you get in this thing was like, how do I catch you? Because you're, you are literally like, I'm watching you spiral down. And it's mm -hmm. like, at certain points, um, it can be hard to get through, you know? And so it's like, I'm trying to help talk you through this. And it's like, sometimes talking works. And sometimes it's like, no, it's not working, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think um, just saying, you know, like we, you said, when we say, what can we do to help you? Like, what do you need? Um, and if you need that space, I'm going to be honest with you, because we talked about it before on our little conflict <laughs> resolution episode. We have a 24 hour rule. So if we're like, I need space, then it's like, all right, you got 24 hours to take your space. And I'm not going to lie, like, you know, when you're going through things like that, 24 hours on my end is torture because it's mm -hmm. like, where is she at? Um, what is her mind, you know, doing right now? Like, I told her I was going to give her 24 hours, but was that a good idea? <laughs> is she going to be okay? <laughs> you know, and it's like, it can be hard. It's torture. Um, but at the same time, um, I don't want to overwhelm you and I don't want to push you further away. And so respecting those boundaries, making sure that I'm listening to what you're saying. If you're like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to articulate. Um, you know, and you know, when I'm there with you, it's like, all right, do you want us to just sit here and giggle? Like, are we just watching mm -hmm. Netflix? You know, are we just right. sitting in the dark and just being here? Like, whatever. Like, are we on, you take a nap on that couch. I'll take a nap on this one. Like, what are we doing? And so... Mm -hmm. Um, for me, um, I feel like it's important for me to be there, like to be, just be present and know that you have me there. Um, and you have me as a support, even, like I say, even if it's doing nothing, but everybody's taking a nap, it's nap time, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but really listening to you and figuring out what you need, because like I said, it's torture for me. And I want to be like, no, I'm going to talk to you until you feel better. <laughs> that might not work. That might just be like, listen, clearly I can't talk to you. So I'm going to shut you out. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want that to happen. Like, I really want to be able to be that safe space that, you know, you know, when you hit a brick wall, you're like, I can come to Trisk. Um, You know, if I need time, she'll give me time knowing that we've already established this 24 hour rule. So, <laughs> you know, yep. making sure that we are both being accountable. Like, let me answer this phone. Cause I have my little 24 hours mm -hmm. or whatever. And just know if you ever don't answer the phone in that 24 hours, everyone in your general area will know that I'm looking for you. 
FYI. <laughs> so when you get one by one people knocking on your door and it's a house party after a while, you'll know why. And mm -hmm. I'm probably on my way. So right. I will be the last guest to show up because I'm a few hours away. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think for those, because I know I've gone through, like I said, um, anxiety and things. And I think the people that were closest to me, it's kind of, um, it's like, especially like if you're a parent, you'll understand like when your kid is going through something and you can't fix it, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost disempowering because it's like, how do I help? Like I want to help and I can't figure out how to bring the solution. And so mm -hmm. it's almost like just being able to say, okay, what is it that you need? And if you're a person that's supporting somebody going through, remember that it's not always your job to be the superhero, mm -hmm. but it, it can be your job to just be there. Because a lot of times people just need someone to be there, to show them that they are loved and cared for, not to rescue them. Yeah, that those are all really good. And, you know, for, for, for our listeners today, like, whether you are the person struggling or whether you're the support person, whether you're the knowledgeable mental health professional, like all of us play a role um, in this journey. And so I hope that you heard some things from Therese that was like, okay, I can do that. Um, and then just heard some things from, from me to be like, okay, I need to open my mouth. I need to talk about, <laughs> I need to share with my friends what's going on. And so we've all publicly had a chance to watch somebody really famous spiral. Mm -hmm. um, um, in several different episodes over the last few years, um, specifically Kanye West. Um, say what you want about him, he's still part of our community. And so, yeah. you know, just watching somebody with a platform as large as Kanye West and see like the manic and see the depressive and see, you know, the, the sporadic nature and the acting out and things like that. Um, with this last episode of where he was, you know, stating he was going to run for president, did, you know, this little town hall, I guess, uh, was acting out, saying a lot of erratic things. And then the follow-up of, of that was his friends flying out to go see about him. Um, sometimes in the journey, and this, this is hard for me to receive, but it's the truth. Um, sometimes people see you in ways when you don't see yourself. And the response is whether or not they're asking for my help, I'm going to be a part of their journey or I'm going to help them. And so um, if you guys want to share, either you can kind of jump in, you know, just watching someone, a celebrity, right? Someone who we all, I'm sure we all loved at one point, you know, just his music, his artistry and, and everything like that. And then like seeing the progression of, you know, his mental health disorder. Um, what am I asking? Like how, how, like just watching that happen, like what were your thoughts about it, Thomas, as a mental health professional? Like what, what are your thoughts about like Kanye's journey with mental health? Yeah, I think, you know, he's definitely probably one of the most misunderstood people in the world. Um, and I think his mental, uh, mental health has a lot to do with that. Um, so, you know, you mentioned that, you know, he is diagnosed with bipolar disorder and many people think, oh, that's when you have split personalities, but it's not. It's when you have these two distinct 
you know, mood episodes. One is depressed. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to be bothered. You're sad, suicidal, you know, finding little interest in things you used, used to enjoy. And then on the other side of the spectrum, and these are separate um, episodes, you have what you, you mentioned, mania. And it's where, you know, you're elated, you're, you're for it, or you can have some irritability in there too. Um, but you, you're not sleeping. You feel like you don't need to sleep. You have all these grandiose racing thoughts. You think you can kind of do things that normally you wouldn't think you'd be capable of, uh, easily distracted, all this goal directed, increased goal directed activity, um, and impulsive. There's a lot of risk taking, you know, happening when somebody's manic. Um, it's because they're, you know, losing control of, you know, some of their uh, inhibition. Um, and so that's something that I've seen in him early on in his career. You know, I think before I even knew, you know, a, he was bipolar, I saw, you know, some symptoms, especially the Taylor Swift incident. I was like, why would you do that? You know, and so that that gives you some some insight into, okay, he thinks he's kind of bigger than life. He thinks he can, you know, he's impulsive. I'm sure he didn't come there thinking he would do that. Um, and so that was my, you know, first kind of inkling, like, oh, he must be dealing with something. Um, and then the TMZ episode, episode where he, you know, visited TMZ and had this meltdown and talked about slavery being a choice. Um, that's, you know, and I was a mental health professional at that time. So I'm like, oh, he's sick. He's not, you know, doing this for likes. He's not doing this, you know, for attention. Well, some of it may be attention, but, um, but for the greater, you know, for most, the most part, he's sick and he isn't getting the help that he needs. Um, and then he did a, a interview, I forget his name, Letterman. Letterman has a Netflix special um, and he interviews oh, all these yeah. famous people, mm -hmm. uh, Obama, Tiffany Haddish, I think Ellen was on there and he did a Kanye episode. Mm -hmm. And it was after the TMZ um, fiasco and he talked about his mental health journey and how he was, you know, locked into a psychiatric facility and how he didn't like it, how the medicine took away all of his creativity, um, which is, is somewhat, you know, possible. Um, because, you know, when people uh, are manic, they do have all these ideas. And some of them, when you have the resources to do it, like he does, he can make them happen. Um, and so, you know, and all of this is really interesting to me because a lot of times when we have somebody who has a manic episode, they're going broke, which he has, but he's had the means to get out of that brokenness. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't legit broke, like our broke. Not our broke. Right. <laughs> 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 so they get into all this trouble because they don't have the means to do the things that they have in their mind that they want to do. Um, but he just talks about how the medicine took away his creativity and how, you know, he doesn't want to be on medicine. But bipolar is one of the psychiatric disorders that medicine is the most effective treatment. It's really hard to um, use psychotherapy to uh, help somebody cope with uh, bipolar. It's not impossible. 
um, but it's really difficult. And so I think it's sad. And when Kim put out her, you know, uh, statement about how she felt powerless and, you know, getting him the help that he needs and, you know, she can't control him. And people were blaming her for letting him be out like that. Um, but, you know, something that people don't know is it's not easy to check your family member into a psychiatric mm -hmm. facility. Um, for, you know, as a part of my job, I have to assess whether somebody meets criteria to be admitted to a psychiatric hospital. And you have to be a harm to yourself, danger to others. You have to be, you know, so out of your mind or out of touch with reality that you can't care for yourself um, or that you may put yourself in danger because you're, you're unknowingly putting yourself in dangerous situations. So it's really difficult to, first of all, get somebody with bipolar to even go to the hospital and then get them admitted, um, especially with his means and his support, um, you know. So it, I could feel where Ken was coming from because no hospital is gonna admit him um, involuntarily. Now he can check in himself, uh, but as far as voluntary admission, you know, from what I see on TV, what I see on social media, it doesn't seem like you know, they would, you know, take it there. Um, so I think it's sad that, you know, he's having to go through this mental health crisis, first of all, period, and then, in, you know, in front of the world. And the world has, although we, we do so much talk about mental health, we're, you know, trying to bring awareness to these types of issues, but, you know, the world still doesn't fully understand what it's like to be somebody with a mental health issue, illness, and to love somebody with a, with a serious mental health illness. Uh, mm -hmm. The world doesn't know what that is yet. And so I, I just, I pray for, for him for sure. Um, yeah. Cause that's, it, from where I am, that's all I can do for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I didn't even think about it until you said it, like the, the warning signs that we all saw, but we took it as a joke. Like you said, the Taylor Swift thing, like um, housewife, like we were all like, ha, 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 housewife, yeah. you know, that became a whole right. joke. <laughs> um, you know, George, when he was like, George Bush don't like white, I mean, don't like black people and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And we all watched it and we were like, oh, it's Kanye, you know, and like you said, these mm -hmm. grandiose ideas, like he's been that person. And we just never paid attention because we thought it was a joke. We thought it was attention seeking and all of those things. And like you say, it kind of sucks that he's on such a large uh, platform. So we all get to watch him go through these ups and downs. Um, and it, it just makes me think about who are the people in our lives that we're not paying attention to because we're like, oh, that's just who they are, you right. know? And it's like, oh no, that maybe they're actually showing signs, you know? Mm -hmm. and I think, I think it was great to hear that his friends flew out to him because we're all on this end, like, man, there's something wrong with him. There were people like reposting his tweets, like Kanye is going in, he's, you know, doing all this stuff. And it's like, on the back end, his friends realized what was happening. And they were like, we are going to his aid while the whole world is like coming to tear you down. Mm -hmm. um and you know make you out to be something that you're not you're just going through these episodes you know so 
So it just reinforces for me the importance of having that circle, of having people that know you and care for you. And like Becca said, that are like willing to come to you even when you're not asking for it because they realize what's happening. Um, so, yeah. And I'm with you. I'm praying for him because at this point, like, there's there's not much else we can do. Yeah, the, to me, it, and I think you kind of touched on it, Thomas, but it just goes to show kind of the world's view about mental health, right? Yeah. How we even handle Kanye or even, you know, taking looking at a Robin Williams, right? And we were just right. like, oh, he's so crazy, da, da, da. You know, I don't know, you know, if he was ever diagnosed with anything, but it's like, you can look back and be like, okay, that was a little erratic, like that, you know, to be on that level all the time, like that would be mentally exhausting. And it would seem like suicide would be the answer, you know? Um, but it, it seems we have a reactive response to mental health, right? So yeah. while somebody is going through it, we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, it's very judgmental. And then God forbid something happens. And then it's like, oh my gosh, they were just geniuses and misunderstood and blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, don't wait until it's too late. Like, don't yeah. wait. You know, they say, don't give, pe- give people their flowers while they're living. Don't wait until somebody passes away to recognize like, no, they were really struggling. And, yeah. you know, I'm trying not to get emotional about it, but I'm just, I'm just considering like in my little platform, right? And just dealing with mental health on my level, I couldn't imagine the whole world knowing. You know what I'm saying? The whole yeah. world watching my every move, watching my every tweet or, you know, my relation, like all of that. I'm sure that that takes the disease to a completely different level. Um, right. And I'm sure there are, you know, scientists that are studying that to say, okay, well, you know, bipolar as a celebrity, what is the effect of that on the mind? How does that affect the, you know, the, the treatment plan and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I just really hope that, and, and we've made a lot of strides. I can just say, you know, just from what I've seen over the last few years, I've seen a lot of strides made in making mental health illnesses a more common conversation to where we are talking about it and people are getting help. Um, help. Even, you know, the older generation, they're starting to go to therapy and starting to work through their issues. Um, my daughter was telling me, she's like, mommy, I get anxious sometimes. And I was like, okay, well tell me, you know, what does that mean? What do you feel like when that happens? And so I just, I don't remember having that conversation as a young person. Right. And so I, there, it's been amazing. Like the, the maturity that we've had as, as people and believers and, you know, black folks and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we really have a long way to go. And so I'm, I'm just yeah. really prayerful. Um, I've been kind of prayerful of Kanye since his mother passed away. Um, Cause it, I mean, we could talk all day about that, but he just hasn't been the same since then. And so um, for anybody out there, and we'll go ahead and wrap up our episode here. Um, for <laughs> anybody out there, if you are struggling with mental health illness, or you're just struggling with life, um, there are resources everywhere. Um, if you work, um, there's something called the Employee Assistance Program, or EAP. Um, you can reach out to them. Um, they will give you free sessions with a mental health professional. Um, use your resources. <laughs> reach out to yeah. the EAP. Um, find you a therapist in your area. Uh, make your appointment. Preaching to myself, make your appointment and go. <laughs> 
um, and start that process. If you aren't necessarily ready to go, at least talk to someone, talk to somebody that you trust um, to share about what's going on in your life and what's going on in your mind. Um, journal, journaling is a good tool as well. Um, record, record voice notes. I do that sometimes when I'm overwhelmed, you know, just find ways to get what's in your head out of your head. Um, but Thomas, did you have any other uh, resources or tips you can give um, for anybody who may be struggling or for those who may be in a support role? And, yeah, and where just... they can find you as well, because you are also yeah. a resource, so. Yes. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I'll just piggyback off of what you said um, about starting off with someone you trust first. Um, you know, a lot of times we go th go to our brothers or our sisters or even our parents. Those are kind of the first line of, you know, defense or help for us. So, you know, testing that out. And if they don't have the capacity to kind of help you through or talk to you in the way that you need them to, or you simply listen, if they aren't able to listen to you, then I definitely, you know, suggest, you know, seeking therapy. I think people think it's this big whole ordeal, but it's 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 so much more simple than that. And um, and when you find the right therapist, um, it it can be a very beautiful and organic um, healing process. Um, so I definitely suggest that. And people think therapy is expensive. It can be. There's so many uh, mental health resources that are. Uh, free or on a sliding scale to where it's, it's more affordable. Um, and so you can go to uh, Mental Health America. Um, you could just Google that. Uh, there's another um, website or service. It's called SAMHSA. The H is silent, um, but S-A-M-H-S-A. -S -A. Um, and they specialize in substance use if you need help with substances and they can point you to free or low cost services as well. Um, and then for us that have insurance, just call in the, you know, your insurance company or looking at the back of your car, uh, they can uh, point you to the preferred providers. And once you have that list, you can do your own research and look up reviews or even call the provider personally you know, for like a free consultation or get to know them call and just ask them some necessary questions. How, how, um, how well can you help me through X, Y, and Z? These are the things I'm going through. I'm going through racism. I'm going through microaggressions at work that are wearing me down. Um, how uh, culturally competent are you to take care of somebody like me? Uh, those are, you know, questions that are hard for therapists, but I think good therapists welcome those type of questions um, because being a good therapist means being able to connect with, you know, anyone, um, you know, from whatever background. Uh, so asking those questions and finding the right therapist for you. Um, and then, you know, I don't post advice, but I give tips and um, I give, you know, my opinion, um, both from a, you know, uh, professional standpoint and from a personal standpoint on mental health. And you can find me on Instagram at Salute the Sarge. Um, and Facebook is Thomas C. 
Sergeant. Don't ask me what my middle name is, um, <laughs> but that's me. Um, so y'all can find me on those platforms. I'm still trying to get into Twitter, uh, but that's going to be a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter's not, not the same. Yeah, I, I was on it when it was like going in a while ago, and I've tried to make my reemergence. It's just not. Yeah. It's not happening. <laughs> Agreed. And also just one more quick thing, um, know that you don't have to wait until you're in a crisis to seek mental health assistance. Um, and I love that you mentioned like microaggressions, like that's mm-hmm. something that, you know, we just deal with on a daily basis that does cause some mental, you know, distress. And so even if you're just like, look, we in a pandemic and you know, black lives matter and ain't really mattering right now. And I'm just trying to make it through. <laughs> somebody to talk to. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. It's a lot. It is. But you know, it's also okay to, you know, seek help and seek, you know, conversation about, you know, what you're feeling too. Because I guarantee you you're not alone mm-hmm. and you don't have to be alone through it. Um and so because all of us are going through COVID, all of us are going through um, you know, the social injustices that are going on um, and the daily microaggressions that we were experiencing even before now. Before now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's okay to not be okay, uh, but it's also okay to seek help. I agree with that. I think um, stress, in, well, the people that follow my page know that I talk about stress a lot. So stress on top of mental health issues is just like, if, if you're alive, you need a therapist. It's pretty much mm-hmm. <laughs> what it is. Because you, mm-hmm. you know, if you are, if you're already dealing with stress. And even if you're not somebody that's dealing with um, mental health issues or have been diagnosed with mental health issues, it's okay to have a therapist. Again, mm-hmm. if you are alive, you need a therapist. Mm-hmm. So please mm-hmm. make sure you look up uh, Mr. Sergeant. Dr. Sergeant, I don't know why I felt like saying that. I don't know if that's something you're interested in. One day, one day. (laughs) See, I don't know if that's something you're interested in, but you know, they they have they have doctorate level uh, nurse practitioners as well. So I mean, you know, throwing that out there. Okay. But no, I, I I really appreciate you and what you are doing. Becca, of course, introduced me um, to your content. And I, I just thank you for being available to come on our podcast and share with our audience, but then also what you are doing um, for our communities on a you know daily and weekly basis. So thank you for all that you are doing and for being a voice in this time. Well, you guys, this has been... Go ahead. I'm sorry. It was a little delay. <laughs> no, I was saying thank y'all for inviting me. I appreciate it. And um, I, I just look forward to all the content y'all are going to be putting out and keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. So, you guys, this has been a very special episode of Billionaire Besties. Uh, make sure that you guys are following us. Always direct y'all to our Facebook page. Billionaire Besties, our link tree information is there. And so it will direct you to our Instagram and our Twitter pages. Um, You can listen to us wherever podcasts are streamed. Check us out, like, review, rate, 
download, screenshot us, and uh -huh. <laughs> share. Yeah, subscribe. Yes. <laughs> subscribe. Shout us out. Um, you know, this, this y'all know this topic is near and dear to my heart. And so we had to do it. And I'm just super grateful uh, to be connected to Thomas and just, you know, several other people that are just amazing at what they do and are making great strides in the area of mental health. Um, again, find a therapist. Dr. G said, if you're alive, you need a therapist, even if it's just for a season. So we love you guys very much. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Again, hopefully this starts the dialogue in your own life. Take this episode, talk to your friends about it, and make mental health normal. Amen. Yes. So Amen. we love you guys. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.